Our reading this morning is from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me, for John baptised with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, about a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women including Mary the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. Disciples in Lockdown Last Sunday we finished the series of readings from Mark's Gospel, which have carried us from the beginning of Jesus' ministry through to the empty tomb of Easter morning. And today we start a series that reflects on what life after resurrection might mean for those who want to continue following Jesus in his physical absence, as opposed to those first disciples who followed him when he was physically present with them. Today's reading from the book of Acts picks up a time-between-times story, with the resurrected Jesus mysteriously both still with his disciples, yet also absent from them. We meet the disciples just a few days after the events of the Easter weekend, with both the horror of crucifixion and the joy of resurrection still fresh in their minds, and we discover that they are, in effect, in lockdown there can be a temptation to think that the resurrection set in place the immediate and inexorable expansion of the gospel from Jerusalem through all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, as Jesus puts it in verse 8. But whilst the promise was given that this is what will happen, it certainly wasn't the experience of these earliest disciples gathering in Jerusalem. Their post-Easter experience was one of confinement under orders not to leave the city except, it seems, for a permitted Sabbath day's exercise walk to the Mount of Olives and back, a round trip which, as those of us who have been to Jerusalem know, takes comfortably less than an hour. 
On their return to the city, they went back up to the presumably rather overcrowded upper room, occupied as it was by the eleven male disciples, and joined by Jesus' mother, his brothers, and some of the other women. And this became their daily routine, sitting in a room, waiting, talking, praying, and waiting some more. Perhaps a quick walk up to the Mount of Olives and back to get the blood flowing, but predominantly waiting. And I don't know about you, but something in me finds this all rather comforting. Over the last few weeks, we've been trying to work out how to proclaim the gospel in a time of pandemic and lockdown, and sometimes it's been easier than others. For myself, I found it fairly easy to preach a Lenten lockdown. The Good Friday sermon almost wrote itself on the subject of grief and loss. Easter Sunday and resurrection was a challenge, but we were helped by Mark's ambiguous ending, leaving us with more questions than answers. However, I confess that I've been puzzling over what a post-Easter, post-resurrection gospel for lockdown looks like, when everything that should have changed is, in reality, still much the same, with fear and grief and suffering still all around us. So here at the beginning of Acts, with the post-Easter disciples also in lockdown waiting for things to change, I wonder what they can teach us. What lockdown lessons of discipleship can we learn from the first disciples? Well, the first thing it seems that they had to learn following the resurrection was how to wait. For many of us, this doesn't come easily. Like Peter, James, John and the rest, our discipleship is often built upon activism, getting out there and changing the world, relentlessly busy in the cause of the kingdom. Being confined to an upper room, waiting for things to change, when the gospel of new life burns within, is a hard lesson to bear. But bear it they did, and bear it we must. Some of the things we long to do, which we believe we are called to do, are denied to us, and we, like them, will need the gift of holy patience. Another lesson the disciples had yet to learn was the true nature of the kingdom of God. You'd have thought, after all the teaching from Jesus, that his kingdom was not of this world, that they might have realised that the coming kingdom wasn't the promise of a restored kingdom of Israel. And yet, here they still are, asking once again if Jesus is about to fulfil their dreams of triumphant nationalism. And we don't have to look very far in our world of coronavirus lockdown to find narratives of nationalism, protectionism and racism. We have to discover our calling as the followers of Jesus to speak clearly a gospel of a kingdom of inclusion and love for all, and to challenge those who would divide humanity into segments of seclusion. And then the disciples had to learn to pray. We're told that they devoted themselves to prayer, and I wonder if I dare ask, how are we praying as a community? Are we making the time and effort to bring our hurting world before God, and to listen for God's voice whispering to us of the coming kingdom? Sometimes, when all else has failed, and when, for all our efforts, we find ourselves powerless, the prayer of hopeful resignation that God's will be done can open a path to peace and restored souls. And one more thing that the disciples had to learn was that they didn't have the power to change the world on their own. Acts tells us 
that the purpose of their waiting in the upper room in Jerusalem was specifically to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, to discover that it was only through God's gracious gift that they would be able to live into being the good news of a new way of being human before God. All the way through Jesus' ministry, as we have seen on our journey through Mark's Gospel, the disciples kept trying to act in their own strength, arguing, for example, about who was the greatest or what their roles would be in the establishment of God's kingdom. But now, post-resurrection, they needed to internalise what they had seen in Jesus, which was that the power to live differently comes not from willpower, nor self-discipline, nor even from sheer bloody-mindedness, but rather the power to live the kingdom into being comes as a gift from God. The disciples had seen that power made manifest in Jesus, but now they needed to encounter it for themselves, making a daily difference in their own lives. And this is the key purpose for the locked-down disciples. They needed to learn, together, to put self aside, and to reorientate their lives towards Christ. And I wonder if this is something we could own for ourselves too as we face several more weeks of lockdown? Can we devote ourselves to prayer and to one another, to the study of scripture and the discovery of the true nature of God's kingdom? And can we hear once again the whispers of God's spirit, forgiving us our sins, restoring our relationships and our souls, and teaching us a new way to be human before God, where self is secondary to service and love drives our deeds. And as that whisper grows louder, will we hear God shouting in anger at the injustices of the world, calling and calling us to follow in the footsteps of Christ, growing in power in our lives, so that we, like the first disciples, can find a way out of lockdown which takes us to a different world, to that which we left. And one of the great tragedies of this current time will be if the status quo reasserts itself unchallenged over the months and years ahead. And we who have a vision for God's kingdom will need the power of God's spirit to help us shape a new and more Christ-like world. And this starts today as we wait and wait and wait, learning lessons of discipleship in lockdown.